Well, so I saw an ad for the uh, TV program Sunday Night, and they did a spot on Brooke Greenberg, who is 17, almost an adult, but Brooke can't talk. She can't walk. She still wears nappies. Her mental age is that of a one-year-old. And her condition? She's not ageing. Here's a picture of her. Her body seems to be frozen in time. Uh, Some parts are ageing slowly. She's uh, 17, but her bones are the equivalent of about 10 years old. Her teeth, they're only 6 or 7 years old. And it's sad. This poor little girl, she can't grow. Now, this is terrible for Brooke in her physical life, but what if we were like Brooke in our spiritual life, where we've been Christian for years, but we haven't grown, frozen in time, not growing in our understanding of Christ, not growing in our trust and obedience of him? That would be sad. That would be tragic. According to Jesus, that would be downright dangerous. Because Jesus says that genuine followers of him, they either grow or they don't survive. He's talking about either being in or out of the kingdom of God. There's nothing more serious than not knowing Christ, nothing more important than knowing Christ. That's why here at DPC we're on about growing followers of Jesus. Last week Wayne helped us think about that because of Christ we can be connected to God. This morning we're thinking about grow. That is, once we've been connected to God, we strive to be growing more like Christ. And we're thinking about this at an individual level, that as a follower of Christ, you should be concerned about your own personal growth. Now, of course, life's not just about you. Uh, We're to serve others and help them to be connected to God and then helping them grow as a follower of Christ. And Bryson's going to help us think through serving others next week. But for today, we're just zeroing in on us as individual followers of Christ and that Jesus says if we're not growing, we're not going to survive. So it comes out in the famous parable of the sower that Jesus once told. You've probably heard it before. It's the parable where there's a farmer. He's out sowing some seed and some seed fell along the path. Uh, Some seed fell on the rocky places, some fell among the thorns, and then some fell on good soil. And of course, it's only the seed that fell on the good soil that produced a crop. Now, you might recall that Wayne actually preached on this parable uh, in December out of Mark's gospel. But we felt that this parable uh, spells out so clearly Christ's call on his followers to grow that it was too good a passage to pass up. And there's at least two things that this parable teaches us. And the first is the horror of not growing. In the parable, Jesus is the sower, the seed is his message about the kingdom of God, and the different soils are the different ways people are responding to him. And by and large, the people of Christ's day were rejecting him. They didn't understand Jesus and him being the king of God's kingdom, which means they were going to miss out on the kingdom of God. And that's still happening to this very day which is terrifying, because Jesus is God's anointed king. He has come to bring people into the wonder of God's kingdom, to cleanse them of their sin, and people all around us are rejecting him and misunderstanding him, spurning the king, and so they won't be included among God's people. They won't be cleansed of their sin. They'll remain under the judgment of God and outside of the kingdom of God. As I read from verse 18... 
See if what Jesus says reminds you of people you know. Maybe it speaks of you. Verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. People rejecting Jesus out of hardness of heart, giving up on Jesus because of trouble or persecution, being unfruitful for Christ because he's squeezed out of your life, choked by the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth, and so you're left out of the kingdom of God. Back in 2003, Australia hosted the Rugby World Cup and my dad went into the draw for some tickets. It was organised a bit like the Olympics, uh, nominate which games you'd like to see, uh, but there's no guarantees. So dad nominated for all the Wallabies games, but unfortunately we didn't get any. Though we were offered a quarter-final match at Homebush Stadium, but we didn't know who'd be playing. The seats weren't that great, so we turned them down. Now, of course... Of course, it turned out that the game we missed was possibly the game of the World Cup. I'm half Welsh, my mum's from Wales, and the quarterfinal we had tickets to turned out to be New Zealand versus Wales. And the game was amazing. At least it looked that way on the telly. It was physical, it was fast-flowing, there were lots of points. Wales looked like they were going to win, only to lose at the death. During the game, I rang Dad uh, just to make sure he was watching the game. It was so fantastic and... We could have been there. The kingdom of God, ushered in by Christ Jesus himself, the blessing of God, showered on his people, the certain hope of eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, belonging to God and his people, caught up in the grand plans of God for this world and the next. And you could have been there. In fact, you still can. We could spend some time fleshing out the dangers that Jesus speaks of that keep people from following him, but Wayne did that for us in December. Today I want us to spend more time thinking about what does it look like to follow Jesus. I want to move from the horror of not growing to the delight of growing. And the picture Jesus gives us at the end of the parable is that following him, hearing and understanding the word of God, that's a productive life. It's a life of growth. Verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. See, according to Jesus, his people are people who are growing. But what is it to grow? Well, in the parable, growing is when the word of God grows in your life. Not like the person who's the path where the word of God gets snatched away. Not like the person who's the rocky places where the word of God only lasts a short time. And not like the person who's the thorns where the word of God gets choked out. No, growing is where the word of God flourishes in your life. 
It's when you understand and base your entire life on the word of God. Growing is living more and more in ever increasing measure, living by God's word, having it flourish within you. And if you're a follower of Christ, then this is what you want. Because you know how good it is. You know the Lord Jesus. You've been given new life through him dying for you. You've seen how his word makes sense of this world. You know God through his word and how sweet that is. It's your delight to know him. You want to grow as a follower of Christ. When I married Catherine, I didn't get to the end of our first year of marriage and think, well, I've got to know Catherine now. don't think I need to get to know her anymore. Year of marriage, I reckon we can just coast and we'll be right. If I had that attitude, do you reckon our marriage would last? We might stay together physically, but it wouldn't be much of a marriage, would it? Now, I love Catherine and it's my delight to keep growing in my knowledge and love of her. And as a genuine follower of Christ Jesus... It's your delight to know him, isn't it? You don't want to coast with Jesus. If you do, do you reckon you're going to last as his follower? No, you want to grow in your knowledge and love of him, don't you? But how do we do that? How does growing come about? Well, we grow by understanding God's word. Have a look again at verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. I don't know whether you or not you noticed it, but for each of the soils in the parable, each type of person hears the word of God. So verse 19, the person like the path, they hear the word, but they don't understand it. Verse 20, the person like the rocky places, they hear the word, but they don't last. Verse 22, the person like the thorns, they hear the word, but it gets choked. They all hear the word. But verse 23, it's only the person like the good soil who hears the word and understands it. That's how growing comes about, understanding the word of God. So I should ask you, to what extent do you understand the Bible? Pick a book, Deuteronomy, Haggai, 2 Corinthians. Do you have a clue what's in them? Uh, You might have all the stats on the footy teams. You might be able to list off all the ingredients and how to make your favourite dessert. You might be able to give me the latest financial figures from Wall Street or when in the last 100 years we've had as much rain as we've had in the last two months. But do you understand the Bible? And what are you doing to increase your understanding of God's word? Because that's how you grow as a follower of Christ. That's how you survive as a follower of Christ. And it's what you really want to do. If you know Christ, you know the delight of belonging to your creator. The joy of being saved from God's judgment and being loved by God despite your sin. You want to grow as a follower of Jesus. And so what we're going to do now is just spend some time thinking through some opportunities for growth, how we can increase in our understanding of God's word. And in obvious ways, come along here on a Sunday to church. 
Week by week we gather to hear the word of God, to have it taught to us, that we might grow in our understanding of God's word and that we might live by it. Coming to church is a great start. But it's just that. A start. Because if you're using church as the only time you feed on God's word, you'll starve. Our Bible talks are like sugar-coated, bite-sized meals. We work hard at trying to make the word of God understandable. We put a lot of effort into being plain and to the point. We try as best we can to serve up God's word as easily as we can so that you can digest it and feed on it. We're spoon-feeding you. Our Bible talks are not enough to sustain Christian growth. It's like giving a child some breakfast on Sunday morning and hoping that that will do them for the week. And besides, what gets taught here in church has to compete for your attention with everything else that's going on in your life. There's so much noise going on in your head, so much in your life that what gets said here at church is quickly swamped. I mean, you might remember what was preached over morning tea. It might stay with you this afternoon. But it doesn't take long for the other things of life to drown out the noise of the word of God preached here at church. Before too long, we find ourselves swamped by the worries that we have about our kids or being unsure about our parents, being bullied at school, exams that are coming up, neighbours causing you trouble, work stresses, family issues, ageing, getting older, health problems, financial pressures, anxieties about the future. Sometimes these things even drown out the noise of a Bible talk even while it's being preached. So if the only time the word of God is going to get a Guernsey in your life is here on a Sunday morning, how do you expect it to win? For the word of God to reverberate inside your mind for the rest of the week, for you to be growing by understanding the scriptures, you're going to need to give it more airtime. I mean, just think about one other voice that you listen to during the week. Your telly. In 2009, Australians watched, on average, a little more than three hours of TV a day. That's more than six times the length of one of our Bible talks every day, and we only preach to you once a week. And that's when you're here. Even if you're well below average, you listen to people on TV far more than you do to one of our Bible talks, and they don't want you to be the best follower of Jesus you can be. So if you're relying just on church to grow as a follower of Christ, it is no competition. You're letting TV alone fill your mind much more than God's word. Now you need more than weekly church gatherings to grow as a follower of Christ. You need a greater diet of the word of God than once a week. It's one of the reasons why we're so strong on wanting uh, everyone to commit to a growth group. Each week, getting together with other Christians to study the Bible together, to help each other to understand, to do the hard work of thinking through the Word of God. What does he mean by that? How can I live by what he said here? Being reminded and refreshed by the greatness and the goodness of God. But look, don't just leave it up to what we organise for you with church and growth groups. Read the Bible for yourself. Delight in listening to your God as you read the scriptures and work out how you can routinely spend time feeding on the word of God. Maybe for you, the first thing in the morning is what would work best. Maybe after dinner, before you turn the box on or in your iPod, in the car, on the way to work or as you go for a walk or whatever really, just let God's word feed you every day 
And there's heaps of ways we can do it. I encourage you, please, think hard about how you can be having God's word feed you and nourish you because, remember, it's all to know Christ, to grow in your knowledge and in your love of him. And there is nothing more worthwhile. There is nothing more important, nothing more delightful than knowing Christ Jesus, your Lord. Now, having said all that, we need to recognise that growth can be hard work. For example, there's going to be times in your life when you're more able to listen to the word of God than at other times. So being a mum at home, raising two or three children under four, well, you, that leaves you with less time than when all the kids are at school or they've left home altogether. When you've got holidays, it's easier to spend time poring over the scriptures than when you're going through a really stressful time at work or at school. Being sick makes it harder than when you're well. We just need to recognise the ebb and flow of life in all of this and not beat ourselves up when times are hard to read your Bibles. But no matter what your season of life, if you're too busy to listen to God in his word, too busy to grow as a follower of Christ by feeding on the scriptures, then you're too busy and something's wrong. You might say, but you should see my week. On Mondays I've got this and on Tuesdays I've got this and I chase after this person and then there's the family and the house and the job and, and there's my assessments and the HSC and my deadlines and my sport and, and, and do you really think you could look Christ Jesus himself in the eye and tell him that you couldn't change things around to listen to him, to feed off his scriptures, to grow as one of his followers? You don't want that to be true. You delight in Christ. Then on the other end of the busyness scale, when you've got lots and lots of time, maybe in your very senior years, you find yourself unable to do much because your body has slowed right down. You spend a lot of time at home. Perhaps you don't have many years left on this earth. What are you going to do to grow? Bank on what you've learnt and how you've grown over the years and just coast into eternal life? Or are you going to charge into the arms of your Lord, growing every day more and more like your Lord Jesus? Of course, getting older can make things harder. Concentration spans grow less. The mind becomes less able. But in the face of these difficulties, you should be thinking through, what are you going to do with the last few years of this life? How are you going to grow as a follower of Christ, right to the end. Because there's nothing more worthwhile, nothing more important, nothing more delightful than knowing Christ Jesus your Lord. And we all want to be growing more like him every day. We should be able to look back on our lives. The last year, pick the last five years, we should be able to look back and see growth in your Christian life. Better still, your wife or your husband your children or your parents, your flatmates, they should be able to tell us how you've grown as a Christian. If we ask them, what would they say about you? That you're working hard at following Jesus? Because it is hard work. Following Christ is like being on an escalator. It's like being at the bottom of the escalators downtown at Centro and you're trying to get up to the shops by travelling on the escalator that's going down. You stand still on this escalator, you're going to go backwards. 
for you to get to the top, it's going to take effort. You're going to have to walk. You're going to have to put some effort in because the escalator is working against you. For you to grow as a follower of Jesus, that's going to take effort because so much is working against you. In his parable, Jesus rattled off Satan, wealth, worries, trouble, and persecution, just to name a few. The world pushes against us, sin always enticing us, Satan opposed to us, and so understanding the word of God, coming along to church, being committed to a growth group, personally reading your Bible, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's either that or go backwards. And anyway, there's nothing more worthwhile, nothing more important, nothing more delightful than knowing Christ Jesus, your Lord. You're a growing follower of Christ. You wouldn't want it any other way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is our delight to know you through your Son. Father, you've even given us your Spirit that we might be your children And we know you truly. And we've been brought to you safely through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead for our sakes. And so we praise you. We delight in you. We rejoice in all that you've done for us and all that you are for us. And Father, we want to grow. We want to know you you more and more. We want to have your word flourish within us. We want to be growing followers of Jesus right to the very end because you are our God you are our redeemer life is about you and father we don't want it any other way because you are God and so help us to live for you Amen well it's at the name of Jesus that every knee should bow praise God ours does already and uh, we enjoy living for him growing more like him and uh, trusting and obeying him. So before we share some morning tea, we're going to sing at the name of Jesus.